Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 20th, 2014, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. I appreciate everyone's love of one of my shows that hit over 1,400 listeners, so I really appreciate that. I'm very elated right now, but I'm also elated to have another one for guests on my show. So as I always say, let's consider everyone and keep your ears and your eyes open. Um, this is a great book that she has wrote, and it applies to all of us. It's specifically towards teachers, but I think it's an everyday thing that we can all take in. The name of the book is Wisdom from the Inner Teacher, Turning Our Hearts into Our Moments, which is the optimal wisdom learning. It teaches a six-step process of how to access wisdom and insight. By using our intuition to make decisions, we are connected to truth, thereby making correct decisions. So our warm welcome goes to Janice Fletcher, the author behind this book. Good afternoon, Janice. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm glad that you're here to enlighten us with this. This is so wonderful. Janice, before we get started into your book, tell us about your background. Well, uh, I'm an educator by profession, meaning that I have been a teacher and principal and administrator and professor and taught in uh, and helped charter schools. I was the coach for principals. I've done strategic planning with superintendents and worked on their change team. I worked with the KIPP Foundation, which is the greatest charter school in the nation, and uh, then moved on into consulting. I lived in the Cayman Islands for five years, and I worked as a consultant there with with the schools to do their uh, strategic planning and, and so on. And um, so that's my professional background. I, I also have a, a spiritual side to me, which has now been integrated into this book. And uh, so the two sides of me have come together and fused. And so the hybrid of all that I am has come forth here in uh, Wisdom from the Inner Teacher. Well, that's a wonderful background you have. I definitely love your book and especially the cover with the eyes. And if you're really not paying attention to it, you'll sort of miss it. But it's it's an awesome book. But I would love the readers to really know about it. Why why did you write this book? Well, um, it came forth with, uh, it was just sort of prompted from within. Um, also, people can look at it or get it or be more, more familiar with me at JaniceFletcher.com, which is easy to connect to. If they're interested in seeing the eyes on the book, you can see it there or uh, Wisdom from the Energy Teacher on Amazon or anywhere. But um, why I voted is uh, because I have been given this wealth of information, wealth of experience as an educator, uh, and uh, have been using that and are using that in trainings for all sorts of different people and so on, and the spiritual side also is quite uh, prevalent within me. And uh, I never felt real comfortable speaking of the spiritual side of me until the um, neuroscience of education in the brain caught up with 
what I know to be true. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so now I have the scientific background uh, to assist what I've already known. And so I can then make it, um, I, I have then brought in all of the science that relates to the brain and to how the aha moment happens. And uh, so I just brought it forth. And uh, I was actually guided by somebody who said that I would be writing a book. And I never thought that I would. And I never thought that I'd be writing a second book, but people told me I would be, and I actually am right now. I'm writing an additional book. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Um, oh, so that's wonderful. So I would definitely be on the lookout for that second book because this is a wonderful book that you have here. Janice, now, can you tell us, tell me about wisdom from the inner teacher. Well, within us, we all have this inner knowing, and we sometimes tap into it, most of the time we tap into it unknowingly. Uh, We just use it intuitively without even knowing that we're really using it. And so the purpose of wisdom from the inner teacher is to make us aware of this voice within, this knowing within, and uh, to give it the credence and the credit and the respect and the reverence that it deserves, and thus then also learn how it happens. Because once we learn how it happens, then we can move through the, the steps of the process, which I've defined into six different steps. And uh, then we can make it happen more often. So we can make the connection to the wisdom within come forth uh, more readily, uh, rather than it just being random or occasional or without us even knowing. Because, some, you know, every one of us acts, makes decisions, has feelings, makes associations or not, based on their gut feeling or their inner feeling about it or whatever. And uh, so this is bringing it to the surface and saying this is, this is something to pay attention to. And uh, so that's what it is. It's, it's being able to open up the access of the wisdom that we're already using and the wisdom that we already know, that we have, that we feel, and taking it forth and uh, making it more readily available for all of us to use um, and be aware of, and it's not, and use it in the sense that we are just opening up to it more fully. Uh, not like you have to go buy anything or do anything, but that's really what wisdom from the inner teacher is. So yes, it applies to teachers, and the book is written with examples, my my examples of my educational experience and my personal spiritual experience. Uh, but it, as you said, applies to everyone because we all have aha moments, <laughs> and so the book is, is allowing us to gather that wisdom from within and define and then understand and listen to whatever we define as our inner teacher. I guess we do all have that, that little aha moment in all of us. I, I guess so. Okay, I'm trying to think right now, like, when have I ever had an aha moment? It probably come to me after the end of the show, and as they always used to say, most cartoons, Eureka. So Right. <laughs> Yes, yes. And aha moments happen when you're when you're not trying to make them happen. So yes, you'll get you'll get the information at some other time when you're not trying to get it. That's one of the key ingredients to an aha moment. Right. Now anytime you said, Okay, that's it, that's now I get it. You know, that's the answer. That's what I was like. You wake up and you go, No, no, I know which house to buy now or whatever. Those are all aha moments. Uh huh. Well, let me ask you, do these aha moments come through dreams as well? Well, the dream state is critical to the um, aha moment. Yes, they do, because 
um, I can walk you through the six steps, and one of the the critical parts of the six steps has to do with the alpha state of the brain. So why don't I just walk through the walk us through the six steps, and then within that, I'll explain how dreams okay. and dream state is part of it. If that would be helpful, we begin um, every aha moment, whether we realize it or not, happens with some sort of inquiry or desire or need to know. There's some problem that we're trying to solve. There's some answer that we're trying to get. Um, there's some dilemma that we're trying to figure out. There's some need, you know, there's a desire. And so that first step is called desire because that need for information comes from a desire, a desire to know or to solve or to figure out or have more information about. And so that's the first step. So uh, you go forth with, you know, whether or not the desire is that you want to know what 2 plus 2 is or whether or not you know what, want to know what the meaning of the universe is. Uh, but nonetheless, you go um, forth with the desire, and then that desire will lead you to the next step. Because when we're in that information gathering, trying to figure out the information uh, mode, well, we're engaged in our left brain. And our left brain is the logical linear part, sequencing part of our brain, which is the, the um, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4 kind of, let's look at it very logically and so on and so forth. And as we're in this desiring state of for information, I want to know this answer, we go around and around in our brain and we've all had experience when we're just like, oh, trying to figure out the answer and what should I do and what is it and I don't know and da 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 Maybe you're in a committee meeting, maybe you're, you know, been working on it for days or whatever it is. And then at some point in time, whether we realize it or not, again, we let go of it. And we say, you know, we're going to just table this until the next meeting. Or we say to ourselves, I'm going to sleep on it and pick it up tomorrow and figure it out. Or I just don't know. You know, somebody else, somebody else is going to have to tell me or something. But somehow or another, we get to the point where we say, I don't know. And in that point, that's the next step because that next step is the point of surrender. And the point of surrender means that, yes, I don't know right now. I've gone through all of the files in my brain, my left computer brain of all of the data that I put in there, and I just don't have that information. I can't come up with the answer. And so either another expert or somebody or somewhere, somehow, or a higher force or whatever is going to give me the answer that I need or answer this desire. And so that is the step of surrender. So you can look at this uh, six-step process from uh, any point of view. One of the points of view can be neuroscientifically, biologically, or or in the world of the physical. You can look at it from a spiritual point of view to say that you're desiring, you're seeking, and then you surrender to the higher force or whatever. So it doesn't matter at all which perspective lens you look through this process because the process is the same. And we all have different lenses that we're comfortable with, but the process is the same. So we go through the... Yeah, we go through this step of surrender, and the step of surrender then actually literally does a biological uh, neuroscientific uh, difference in our brain, which means that the uh, when we do give up, we shut down the left brain, which means that we're no longer frantically going around in circles in our mind trying to figure out what the answer is, and it's like you just turned it on off, and with off comes... Uh, stillness of the mind and so the stillness of the mind is the third step so I see so each step just actually leads to the next step and uh, so once we have our left brain shut down meaning I'm going to sleep on it or I'm going to go deal with it next week or whatever 
is when you, what you talked about, and we enter into what's called an alpha state. And the alpha state is getting out of the left brain. And so the alpha state is where the wisdom from the inner teacher can come through. It's now the portal is now open, the door is open. There is access because the left mind chatter has shut down and the left mind ego, if you will, from a spiritual sense has, has, has shut down. And so then that is when we can get information either in dreams or while we're sleeping. That's why people jump up in the middle of the night and get the answer and have to write it down. Or, you know, oftentimes with you or with me or something, it's before you're ready to go to sleep or when you're just waking up, you're in that semi-awake state. And you're very creative at that point and you're completely open and to access from for this wisdom to come forth. Thus, you can get the, the truth because wisdom is truth and truth is wisdom. And uh, so then that that's when that can come in. So as we look back on an aha moment, and I'm not done with the steps yet, but when we look back at an aha moment or forward into when one will happen, they will always happen when we're in an alpha state uh, of, of our mind. And for each of us, it's a different way that that happens. Uh, some of us, right. it is that dream, dreamy state, you know, um, when we're half asleep or half awake. Oftentimes, it has to do with showers and water and bathtubs and oceans and whatever. Water seems to be a, a big conduit for people. People may be taking a hike or walk up waxing their cars. It's the classic, you know, uh, kung fu kind of. You waxes the car over and over and over, and you get into the zen state, and your left mind is shut down and poof, there you get the answer. Whatever it is, um, you know, for the individual to uh, determine where their alpha states are. Um, what like is your, you, well, most of the time, just for me to probably get into that state of mind, I will choose a quiet place just to probably meditate and sit in a comfortable position to really get in the alpha state. Because I know sometimes it's hard for people to really get into that, and it takes it really takes practice, I think, to really get into that alpha state. Well, it does take practice, and the, 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 the critical uh, ingredient here for everybody, whether they're doing it for stress release or, or health mm-hmm. or, or, or just to receive more wisdom, is that... You know, yes, we need more of that, but more importantly, we need, and how we get more of that is to identify when that's already happening. Um, for some, it's when they're driving down the road, which means they're not really engaged in driving because it's just automatic, or, you know, and, and maybe it's just when you're walking your dog or, you know, when you're raking the leaves or, you know, it could be anything, but everybody's different. So the whole process of, of learning about the aha moment and making them happen is one of self-reflection and one of awareness. So the, what we need to do is each of us look at our lives and look at our styles and look at, wow, I just need to sit in my recliner here, you know, and maybe even just have the TV on that in, engaged in it. Some people need to be in deep meditation or prayer. Some people need to be, you know, skydiving. You know, everybody's different. Um, so right. to figure out when and how and where that does happen. And so as I go through this step, we'll go through a reflective process and it'll take us backwards to help us determine that. But anyway, so we're in the alpha state. So that means that we now have stillness. So we've already had the first step, which is desire, and the second step, which is the surrender, and the third step, which leads to stillness, the quieting of the mind, which then allows us to move into the fourth step. And the fourth step is logically to listen because with the left mind being quiet, the right brain is opening and proof the truth comes through the wisdom comes through the answer comes through the problem is solving is there and the knowingness is there and that's when you have to listen 
to hear it, you know, to, and that's, you know, because um, oftentimes we will go through this whole process and the answer will come through and we won't even pay attention to it. You know, we won't even, won't even hear it. You know, won't even hear it. Um, and oftentimes we do hear it and we don't act on it. And the next step is to act on it because if we truly look at what's going on here, the, what another um, axiom of aha moments is that they are always truthful answers. You never question it. You know, when one comes through and you say, oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's what I need to do. Yeah, now I know. Now I know what I need to do. Then it, you don't go back and you say, I need to get now get another committee and figure it out, or I now need to, like, do some more research. You know you've got the answer. It's absolute. It feels mm. right. You feel it. You know it. And so it's truth. And because it's truth, that's why it feels so certain, because there's no questioning that it is. And so then because it is truth that has come through, that yes, no, buy this car, not that one, or marry this person or that, or whatever it's going to be, um, then we need to listen to it and act upon it. Because every single person on earth has can attest to many times when they have said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew that I, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Okay, because that all that is is us not acting on what we heard. So we can either not hear it at all, which means the process has gone through and we didn't even hear the answer, or we can hear it and we go, no, that, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. From a spiritual point of view, people would say, well, you know, this is God's way coming through and what are you doing? You know, you're doing it your way or whatever. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We can look at it scientifically saying, you know, you've gotten the right brain talking to you now and so that is the truth. So that is the anyway, so we have to act on it. So whatever the answer we're searching for, once we get it, poof, then you have to act on it. And the final step is somewhat for the skeptic or the scientist or whatever that needs to test it. And you can test it by simply watching the results of the answer that you've gotten unfold. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, I don't know, sometimes the answer will be very um, odd, like you wouldn't expect that that would be the answer. Uh, but if you're really going to follow truth, then you, then you do follow truth. And so the you know, maybe it should be, you know, I should buy this or buy this piece of real estate or whatever it is or go here or do there or whatever. And then you can see how, oh, now I see why that makes sense. You know, like at the time it might not make sense, this answer right. that you got. But you have to follow it, trust it, and believe that it's truth because you can feel that it is and go forth and at some point in time you will see for yourself and know for yourself, yes, that was absolutely the right answer or you can scientifically show that it was you know you can go back and actually document it and so on so first of all does all of that make sense before i go further into our review it it does make sense and it, it leads it leads right into what you were saying about god you know you have to trust you do you have to trust and believe that what god is doing for you is why right. i think it boils all down to that too in connection with it so, yes, I, your, all your steps in the process makes perfect sense to me, Janice. Good. Well, then what we do once we understand these steps is to incorporate it into our life. Uh, like I said, I'd love to have people buy the book Wisdom from the Inner Teacher, and it's a wonderful right. teacher gift, or it's wonderful for all teachers, it's wonderful for everyone, but it's not actually necessary uh, because truth is always free. 
And so everything that you need of, from that book, you're getting in this interview. You know, I mean, publicists try and say, don't give it away. And I say, I can't not. You know, it's not mine to hold on to. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not mine I created. And it's not mine that's even new. I'm just bringing awareness to it. But anyway, so, um, so that's another part of this is the truth will always be free and you, and you won't have, you don't have to work real hard for it. Um, but in order to incorporate this into our life then, what we do is we do what I call sort of an autopsy of an aha moment. Because right now, all of your listeners and yourself uh, will be more aware right now of the aha moments that are happening in their life. And the next time it happens for each one of us, we'll go, oh, wow, it's just like we bought a red car or something and all you see is red cars everywhere. So our awareness is now heightened to the aha moment. And so our homework then is to then we have fun with it and say, all right, wait till my next aha moment happens. And then it happens. And you go, God, wow, that's one of those moments that Janice Fletcher, Dr. Fletcher was talking about. That's the aha moment. And you say, now, how did that happen? And you, and you just pause for a minute. And you look backwards and you say, now, let me think here. Okay. I remember asking that question like a week ago, you know, or whatever, right. and I was talking to Susie and whatever, and then we couldn't figure it out, and we just said, I don't know. And that was my, you know, my giving up, my surrendering. You know, I had my desire, I had my surrender. And then all of a sudden, here I am a week later, two weeks, a month, whatever, and, you know, I'm walking my dog or whatever I'm doing in my alpha state, and poof, there the answer comes in. And you can say, wow, that was an alpha state. Yes, my left brain wasn't engaged. I promise you that on all aha moments, they will come in when you're thinking or doing something else not related to that topic. It's not, it doesn't, it's not associated to the topic. It's just going to come in like a gift. It's going to come in like a delivery. Like, here it is. Here's the answer you wanted, poof. But it's not going to be related in time and space to what you're actually doing at that particular time. That's a unique aspect of, of the aha moment. Anyway, so then you look back and you say, wow, okay, so now I need to pay attention that that's an alpha state for me. You know, for some people, an alpha state could actually be, you know, working within a group of people and brainstorming and so on and so forth, much like the Google um, environment. And Google does not have you sitting at desks or in cubes and everybody sitting in a suit and working. They bring in ping pong tables and a bar and, you know, have all kinds of play things to go do, you know, and encourage everybody to just relax and have fun because they understand that the true creativity and the true problem solving comes forth when you're in the relaxed state, not in the high intense left brain state. So identifying our own alpha state, again, is very key to us. Now, another unique aspect is that you can never, ever demand. It is not on demand. It's not like, you know, video on demand or stream on demand. It is not on demand uh, because it is gift, okay? And it, is, and it doesn't work in this world like we can't control it. We're not controlling it. This is coming from our inner teacher, whatever you want to call it. And so, but what we can do is that we can raise our awareness about it and we can set up the conditions for it, meaning that, uh, let's say I have a dilemma of, you know, I don't know whether, you know, should I get a pet or should I not? You know, I don't know. And I've been on it back and forth and I blah, 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 blah. And so you go forth with it or whatever and, and, and uh, then you say, well, I'm, I'm going to need to have an aha moment because it's such an important 
important decision that's going to you know last for a dozen years or so that you want to make sure that you have the right the right answer. You don't want to act impulsively. There are times to act impulsively, and there are times that you don't. So if you want to, but you can't demand it. But what you can do is you can say, well, okay. I don't know whether I should or shouldn't. And you do your homework and you ask people and you get advice and you self-reflect, am I ready for this responsibility? Is this going to be good? You do all that and you let it go. And then you can set yourself up for like, well, I'm going to go take a walk and see if I get the answer. But if you have that expectation, it won't happen. Okay, but you can set up regularly that you do take walks if that's what it is, you know, or you can put a pad of paper next to your bed in anticipation that you might get an answer before, after, or during sleep, or, you know, outside the shower or whatever. And you just sort of wait in anticipation of like uh, an eager expectation that it's going to happen in divine time. It's going to happen when and where and how the answer is supposed to come to you. And having the expectation is is a bit more of, it's not demanding it, but it's it's seeking it. And then uh, just relaxed and waiting for the spirit or whatever you want to call it to give you the answer when and how and where you get it. So we can, by... By actually doing this whole awareness thing, scientifically, biologically, in our brain, we're, we're, doing, we're changing our, the biological makeup of our brain because there's a, a, a huge nerve, which I can never pronounce the name of, that goes between the left and the right brain. And um, it's sort of a rickety road. You know, it's gravel and, you know, it's not even paved or anything. And the minute that we start doing this, we start increasing the, the stability of that road and we begin, begin to pave it and so on. And, and the more we do it, we turn it into like this super highway, you know, and it's just this wonderful super highway that goes back and forth between left and right brain. And it's like sort of a muscle or whatever, and it's just fun. But, I mean, think of, it's not work. It's just fun to play with yourself and, and figure out when and how that's happening because when... The other thing that happens when an aha moment happens, it always feels good. You know, it's always fun. It's like, ah, it's light, it's happy. It's like, ah, now I got it. Now I know what that's all about. And, um, yeah, so you just want to have fun with it. And, um, anyway, that allows you to have the respect for it because it is truth coming in and you're respecting this huge sacred gift. Um, Einstein referred to the left brain as a faithful servant which means that the left, um, you know, um, sort of like a computer, everything we put into it, it, it goes into it and it can spit it back out. We, we're just, you know, putting data in and it's coming back out. So it's a very, very faithful servant. You know, that's the left brain. He refers to the right brain as, um, oh my gosh, I just, uh, I need an aha moment to come up with it. Faithful servant and a gift from God, I think it is, or something like that. And, um so and with that we look at that being oh my gosh yes that's what the right brain is you know that's right. where the truth comes through we need both right. we can't function yeah we do without both but it's the right brain yeah. is for the imagination and the creativity so I guess yeah. that's where my create my my right brain played a part in me creating this show so it, sure. it, it, it does it is logic mm-hmm. yeah you need both because if you're just for instance a person that has a stroke might be left with just their right brain and you can look at Joe Bolte Taylor who is like a brain scientist who had a stroke at, in her 40s and wrote a book and did the YouTube and the TED Talk and everything else you want to know about it and so you know to me God has placed her on earth for us to see how this whole whole thing works with the right brain 
And she, as a scientist, got to experience it from the inside out when her whole left brain shut down, and she couldn't tie her shoes or feed herself, but she could certainly see oneness with the creation. You know, and she had every answer to every problem, but she couldn't tie her shoes. So, you know, we need the balance of both. So I'm not saying that we should live in the right brain. I'm saying that we need to have... We're now in a world where, in America especially, our industry is our problem-solving and our creativity. That's We are the Google. We are the Microsoft. We are the, you know, we, that's who we are. We rule the world with that. With, and we don't have the industry anymore. We have the problem-solving. So within our schools, within our teachers, within ourselves, we need to open up more to that imagination and to that creative problem-solving area so that we have the solutions and we're more adaptable. So we're not stuck in the rigidity of the left brain, which will limit us. And in limiting us will get us fired and will get us, you know, we can't move forward. You know, we can't expand, you know, if we're limited in that way. So, right. And I, I was thinking, too, on Janice, what you were saying about the left brain being a faithful servant, and but it has um, usually been argued that we have created a society that really honors the servant but has forgotten the gift. We're too right. easily seduced right. by the certainty that the left brain promises us, and we forget the more complex notions of empathy and understanding. Right. That's exactly it, yeah. The you know, faithful servant versus the sacred gift. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we are now, we're being forced into that as well. But, I mean, we're, we're naturally moving in that direction and we're being forced into it. Uh, the, more, the more the schools try and get better, the more they go into the left brain to try and get the, the data and the test results that will prove that they've learned something. Um, and the more we move away from the right brain, uh, the problem-solving, higher-level thinking skills and so on, and it's, much, it's a great frustration to teachers and to students alike. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a very big problem, but it's a very, it's an easily solved problem because as a teacher, I would say what I would want them to do, number one, is to deal with their own aha moments first and figure out when and how and where they're having them and become attuned to their own awareness of their right brain versus left brain and their creative versus logical. And then once they're really solid with that and they've spent a lot of time playing with that, so that it's embodied within them, you know, that the the balance between the left and the right brain is then taken into the classroom. And you don't need another certification. You don't need another textbook and a lot of homework and a bunch of lesson plans and all the other thing. All you need is when Susie's there and she says, ah, okay, got it, you know, got the answer, figured out, oh, my goodness, this is what double-digit multiplication is or whatever, um, then you pause right at that moment and you pay attention to, again, attention to the surroundings. What is right. it for her at that point in time that caused her to get that answer? Did she need me as a teacher to say it over and over a dozen times? Did she need a group of people around her? Did she need to be by herself? Did she need time? Did she? What is it that she needed? And... You know, a good teacher is an intuitive teacher that will naturally do those things without even being aware that they are making those accommodations for the students and they will just naturally do it. I want to bring awareness to all teachers so that they will not only notice what they're naturally doing, but they will more fully go into the awareness of what, of how to expand that and expound on that so that um, we can then offer the student the greatest gift that we could as a teacher. And that is the lesson of, you know, teaching them how to fish rather than fishing for them. And that would be then once we figure it out from the student, 
or as the student is sitting there and we are able as our expert teacher point of view to look at all the conditions and see all that has happened to bring her to this point, then to share it with the student. Because most of the time we keep it as teacher at the bearer of all wisdom that now I know how to put the conditions together so she can get there. Well, the really great teacher goes to the student and says, you tell me how you got here and guides them through the remembrance of, oh, yes, well, I needed to talk to Joey 17 times about this and whatever it was. And then they realize that at this point in time, because we do shift and change, but pretty solidly we can bank on that this is going to be the what the conditions that are more going to be optimum for me to learn. So right. then you give that to the student, and then the student for the rest of their life um, can learn much greater and more readily. I have a nice story about that myself. If you'd like me to share it, it's quite fun. I, but I'm I sure. my... Oh, no, I don't, I don't mind at all, Janice. I think this is a very informative information. I hope everyone does pick up the book. We're going to take a short commercial break with Dr. Janice Fletcher, and we're going to come back. And if you feel like calling in, please do so at 347-426-3751. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back on Blog Talk Radio. There's only one station that will keep you happy, Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded (laughs) splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Me, a cat, moving in with a new human. It took a little getting used to. She has these weird games she likes to play, like this giant feather. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. It's almost like she thinks I enjoy it. But seeing how much fun she gets out of it, well... I guess it makes it all worth it. Humans. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. All right, we're back on the air with Dr. Fletcher, who is transitioning us to conscious learning by awakening the potential genius and creating optimal learning for all through her book, Wisdom from the Inner Teacher, turning our hearts into our moment. Now, before we left off the air, um, Dr. Fletcher, this is what I want to ask. We've been talking about the aha moments, and also you talk about in your book the owl moments, which is the optimal wisdom learning. What's the difference between those two? Um, the awareness that we just talked about. Yes, um, when we began, we, when we began talking about the aha moment, remember I said that oftentimes they happen um, unconsciously. We don't even know that they're happening. So now that we are aware of the six-step process and we're aware of of uh, what takes place and we're looking for them and expecting them, then they become owl moments, which means that we are learning optimally. 
just like I talked about the, the student that now knows how she or he learns or what the conditions are that are needed for him or her to understand or to learn, um, then it's optimal wisdom learning because you're getting wisdom, which is truth, and you're getting it in the most optimal way designed for you. So that's the difference. Okay. Now, how is an owl moment spiritual, though? Well, again, if we talk about um, how Einstein referred to the right brain being a spiritual gift, um, a sacred gift, a sacred gift, then we look at it as being a uh, uh, information from God, information from higher source, higher consciousness, whatever you want to call it, spirit. And so that's truth coming in. Okay. So uh, with that, it makes it all completely spiritual because you're not looking at it from a scientific point of view. You're looking at it from a sacred point of view. Now, Janice, once teachers start integrating the optimal wisdom learning into their lives, how will their life start changing? Uh, well, it's exciting and fun uh, because you are doing an experiment within yourself about how you think and, and, and what works with your brain and, and how your decisions make a difference and so on. So your life changes immensely because you're um, living in a state of uh, sureness and um, truth coming through rather than, you know, you don't make a lot of mistakes. You don't, you don't have as many moments where you go, I knew I shouldn't have done that, I knew I should have done that and whatever. You're confidently moving forward um, through your life with truth guiding you. And the more, gu- the more guidance you allow to come forth um, of that truth, then the more guidance will come forth. So it makes life much easier and much more rewarding. Okay. And you also mentioned before we even went to commercial break, you wanted to share a story, Janice. Yeah, it's a fun story about uh, being able... Well, it's uh, about my wonderful uh, lacking of having a navigational chip in my head. You know, I just uh, for five decades was driving around in circles being lost and, um, you know, wasting gas and wasting time and being frustrated and so on and so forth. Now, as I I did this, um, I... Was am and was an educator, and I have been trained and not only trained in but taught the difference between left and right brain and the difference between multiple intelligences and so on. And I've been given every psychology test and you know attribute test of who I am and how I am and whatever. So I had all of that information to know that I'm a, a visual learner and to know that I um, uh, need pictures and so on and so forth to be able to help me learn. And so I say this because it's so interesting that somebody who would be at my level would be so um, unaware, you know, of what happened, of of myself, even though I've I've been given all the information about it. Um, Until I was, I think it was my 50th birthday, and my husband brought home a GPS for me. And I plugged in this GPS, and it was like the biggest aha moment that I'd ever had. Because all of a sudden, there I was, and I could see how this road related to that road, and this is where the lake was, and so on. And it was like everything just gelled. And it was fabulous, because I could truly now understand and see for the first time, you know, how it all fit together. And if I had had that visual, that GPS, or that knowledge of that I need a map, I don't need the words direction, 
um, then I could have shifted my entire life. You know, I certainly wouldn't have been driving around in as many circles and I certainly wouldn't have been wasting as much gas and have been as frustrated because I would have immediately just paused and said, no, don't give me the words, give me the map. I need to have it drawn out for me to see it and understand it. Beyond my um, driving around experience, which is, you know, uh, relevant enough, imagine if I truly had understood that I was a visual learner to the degree throughout all of those four degrees, all my doctorate, everything, all that education that I put myself through. And I didn't really understand that I really, uh, what a visual learner meant, right? So throughout all of those teachers, professors, everybody, an expert teacher, me teaching, me training, it didn't click. So the, the test for the teacher in the classroom or for us, individually when we look at this way our brain is working the right and left side of it is to truly understand you know what it is what are the conditions that we need what if it's multiple intelligences if it's um, visual and, and I'm not I need to hear it through music or whatever um that and to accommodate that because then you truly do learn much easier much better and much faster and more completely so you know, here you have this great expert that finally figured it out at age 50, Dr. Fletcher, the expert of what a visual learner meant to be and how my aha moments happen. <laughs> so it was the GPS that did it and the visual of the map that, that, that uh, changed my life. You know, everybody has these life-changing experiences. Right, they do. And I was looking on YouTube not too long ago. A woman had an aha moment when she got her license, but she forgot that her car was on and children were in it and she did a reverse and hit another car so you just have to be careful too when you have these aha moments it's good to have them but just be careful because they can endanger everybody else so right but i'm right. right so what i would like to know though janice why don't they incorporate this into schools what why because i know i know of the church and the state but you know, this will be well, I mean, beneficial. they do. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you, as I said, you don't have to look at this from a spiritual point of view at all. It can be completely okay. uh, scientific. You know, never have to touch the spiritual at all. In fact, that's what we do um, in schools. And uh, the way that they incorporate aha moments is through uh, the definition of higher level thinking skills, problem solving skills, and so on, which teachers are definitely. Um, assigned to have the students do. The problem is that there's such pressure on the teacher to get the test results that are more rote memory and lower level of Bloom's taxonomy um, to get those answers and get them correctly or they'll get fired that they, um, you know, that they don't have time uh, to be able to incorporate um, they don't think that they have time to incorporate this, but I would challenge that with teachers and I would say, don't think of it as an extra thing. This is not an extra thing. This is, this is something, this is a style. This is a teaching style. This is an awareness that you bring into all of the teaching that you're doing, an awareness of your students that not only you're going to differentiate instruction, are you going to individualize instruction, but you're going to get to such a, intimate point on that, that you're going to know the student and how their mind thinks and what they need so completely that the learning unfolds very naturally. 
So we have this misconception that it's something separate. It's sort of like you, we only get to play in these areas when the other work is done. You know, do your worksheet and then you can play. Well, it's not that. It's about that while you're doing the worksheet, you're playing in higher level thinking skills and, and problem solving skills as you go through how the worksheet is being used. You can still do worksheets. It's just how you use them, you know. So um, it is being used in schools, but it need, there needs to be much greater awareness of, of um, this in schools, and that's one of the reasons for this book. You know, um, that's why I'm an educator. You know, I believe you know God has His plan, and this is where I am, and this is why I've been put in this situation with this many pieces of experience to bring this information to allow others to become more aware of it. So that's the whole the whole circle on on me <laughs> and, and the purpose and the mission of optimal wisdom learning. Right, God will. He'll guide you on the certain path that he wants you to go through. And as I was telling other people on my other shows, he sends messages through people, through animals. However he can get his message through, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. That is exactly what he is doing through you, Janice. He's sending the message through you to pass on to others, and I'm glad that you're here passing it on to us because it's very helpful. Um, I think it's definitely beneficial, especially once a student actually picks up one picks up your book, they learn the six-step process because I think it will help them through so much with all the teen issues that we have, the the depression, mm-hmm. the bulliness, everything that a, a teen, possibly anything a teen goes through in their life. Right. They can only enhance your life. That's, you know, there's, there's no downside to this at all. No cost, no time, and just playing within yourself and paying attention. Just paying, having fun attention and playing within yourself and, and, and you're opening up all those channels of the brain, which is really a wonderful, wonderful thing. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you, Janice, uh, do our moments become more frequent if you practice the six-step process, though? Yeah, well, remember when we talked about the uh, rickety road versus the superhighway? Right. And that's that's how we have them occur more frequently. And the fun part is that the more, just even the awareness of them uh, will, it's, in the beginning, it's like you um, you think you're having more of them, but what you're actually having is just an awareness of what was already happening. You know, mm-hmm. it's already happening all the time. It's just that our awareness is shifting and opening. And as our awareness and respect and uh, gratefulness for the, this truth that's coming through uh, comes forth, then it, it, it feels as though we're getting more of them. But in fact, we're just becoming aware of what already is. But that's right. how you do it, yes, by using the six-step process and, and uh, increasing your awareness. Okay. That's not, and um, just talking about shifting your awareness, I mean, it, it can be a real gift to yourself and allow you to experience an entire universe in your own body. It can even allow you to experience all kinds of things outside your body. Um, and, and practically, I think you could just move your awareness to other people and feel how it is to actually be them. That's why I wanted that little saying, oh, you, you can't imagine in my shoes or however it goes. But I think you possibly can. You can make yourself become aware of what it's like to be in that person's shoes. You just have to take your mind to that extent. Yes. Well, that's, you know, as I said, a good teacher will do that. A good teacher will Mm -hmm. be that empathic, will be that aware of what that student needs, that intuitive about when they're ready to lose, you know, um, 
lose grasp on the class, you know, like when we only, we can only go that long and then all of a sudden it's time to move to a different activity, shift what we're doing, and so on. It's a dance. And uh, the, uh, the great teachers know how to do the dance to keep everything flowing and moving and, and everybody learning. Yeah. So. Right. Now, Janice, you also do training too. What kind of training do you actually give to people? Yourself? I do all sorts of trainings. In fact, you know, I have you know, dealt with all sorts of businesses and corporations and schools and school districts and so on. And it doesn't really matter, matter what the topic is um, mm-hmm. because the six-step process uh, finds its way into that topic. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm a consultant on, on demand. You can, can ask me to consult on a particular topic and I'll create a keynote or a training or a workshop or whatever it is that you want on that particular topic with that content expertise and throughout that training of it, I will incorporate uh, how the six-step process works through that content of that particular uh, either business or school or topic or curriculum or whatever. So I do everything. I do, you know, the classic what keynotes, uh, webinars, you know, workshop, day-long workshops, week-long workshops, and, and just custom design that to uh, meet what people need and want. And they can find me at JaniceFletcher.com, and uh, that's the easiest way to learn more than you ever wanted to know about me or to contact me to find out more about if we could um, find a a connecting point. Right. Well, Janice, I really do. I thank you for bringing this unique process to us and letting us discover what we can actually be able to see if we just open our eyes, we can receive this sort of wisdom because I feel like I'm being healed consciously. You know, I I was thinking about Oprah, how women would come on there, they'll go through all this pain, and then all of a sudden they're not the only person going through it, but somehow their energy goes around to all the people watching the show and you kind of heal everybody unconsciously. So that's how I feel through this show. I feel like I'm healing people with my guests unconsciously, so I really feel grand that you came on here and opened our minds up to this. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, and I hope that your listeners uh, gathered some good truths from it. And, uh, you know, they can contact me again through JaniceFletcher.com if they want to know more, if I can answer further questions or inquiries or further explanations. Um, And that's your service and your service. Thank you so much. Well, you are so welcome, Janice, and you have a blessed one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, I really did enjoy the time with you today. I appreciate everybody's love. I had so many archived listeners off one show. I don't know how it happened, but I guess it's God's will. It, it was just I was so elated to actually see that. Um, but I hope we do. you do pick up the book. It's a wonderful book that Janice has out, Wisdom from the Inner Teacher, Turn the Ahas into Our Moments. It really helps you think unconsciously and consciously. There, and there's nothing wrong with healing someone else. There's nothing wrong with getting in touch with your spiritual side. But it's best to do so consciously with awareness rather than unconsciously without any understanding. So today I want you to go release those positive energies into the sky and let your work go through others. Do your job. Heal others. Be a good listener. And thank you for tuning in to another Bright Side with Technicia. I'll see you tomorrow at noon.
Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.